0: The much anticipated 2019 college football season is upon us, we preview the upcoming season for the Wolverines, and rival annoyances are already in full effect. I'm Adam Amble, and this is The M Factor. welcome back michigan fans i hope you're all as hyped as i am for the upcoming season for the maize and blue i am so excited to be back for season two of the m factor we will get to the 2019 preview for michigan football in just one second but first make sure you head on over to apple Podcasts, google play or soundcloud and subscribe to the m factor make sure to leave us review and as always a five-star rating to help skyrocket the m-factor in the rankings so us wolverine fans can take over the college football podcast world thanks again everyone for listening i really appreciate it and let's make season two even better i really appreciate the support from everyone so let's get episode one going the wolverines coming off one of the most disappointing endings to a season that i can remember in my lifetime anyway but i'm not about to call it a Total disappointing season, like I said, more of an ending to the season. But uh, the season as a whole, I really think was rather successful. Like a lot of Michigan fans are apt to, you know, these high expectations, and I, I'm—I would definitely admit that I am one of them. But I would like—I uh, I know a lot of us want to forget last season, but I'd like to remind everyone of a few things before we get started with the preview of 2019. First of all, I'm very excited for 2019, but let's recap last season real quick, and I'm going to try to explain exactly why I don't believe that it was the disappointing season that everyone thought it was. Don't get me wrong, the ending was just atrocious. I can't really argue with that, but let me get back to the start of the season. Let's not forget we had a new QB to the system in Shea Patterson after a season off before transferring to Michigan, and, of course, everyone remembers – more than likely all the drama that occurred before the season even started on whether he would be eligible or not to even really play for the wolverines in 2018 the ncaa kind of dragged their feet on that one but nonetheless he was able to play and was granted eligibility so it was his junior season and a lot of people forget that he had a whole season off due to injury Uh, At Ole Miss, he was a five-star recruit, and to be honest with you, he fit the bill in my opinion. He started off the season in South Bend. Uh, The Wolverines headed to South Bend to face an excellent Notre Dame team, who finished the regular season twelve and zero. Let's not forget that, folks. They made the playoffs. They lost to the eventual national champions, Clemson, in the playoffs. And you know, once once we lost that game, instantly is. Is most of us Michigan fans are apt to do, panic occurs right off the bat. Shea Patterson didn't have a great game, did not look as good as I expected him to play. Uh, again, we went over it uh, in the preview show last year, or last year's episode one, really the first M-Factor podcast. If you go back to that, you can really, you know, I, I, I do a lot of recap of Shea Patterson's career, and I really think that he... He kind of fit the bill the first game based on his stats from earlier seasons that he actually played at Old Miss. So we head into South Bend. We lose to Notre Dame, and we hit the panic button, right? Most of us hit the panic button, and rightfully so. We're Michigan fans. That's what we always do. Early season losses aren't really that difficult to overcome, especially against a team like Notre Dame, who was ranked higher than us, and we, you know, we were in South Bend. That's a it's a very tough place to play. And it was quite a sloppy game. McCaffrey actually looked pretty good. Dylan McCaffrey, we'll get on we'll get into the quarterback discussion here in a little bit. But after that loss to Notre Dame, we roll off 10 straight wins, improving every single week. Shea Patterson, Higdon, the defense. Obviously the defense was just amazing. Let's not forget we in those ten wins, rather we beat number fifteen at the time. Number fifteen, Wisconsin, thirty-eight to thirteen. Remember that was at the big house night game. College game day was there. The crowd was electric. It was a fantastic game. Shea Patterson had a great game. Really started to perfect his little fake handoff to to the running back, and honestly would pretty much freak out the or most of the time freak or fake out. Pardon me, fake out the camera guy. So that was pretty impressive. Then we go to at MSU, number 24 at the time, beat them 21-7, to 7, holding their uh, their total offense to under 100 yards, folks, under triple digits. And that is pretty impressive. I know a lot of Sparty fans will be, oh, Lewerke was injured. Well, if you go back to that episode, I think that's bull crap. You don't leave your injured stud quarterback in there. Uh, and, and especially when you're in the game, it's not like they were blown out, but they just couldn't move the ball. I think Michigan's defense really stood the challenge. And let's not forget, we had a little bit of bad weather up there, as usual. You know, Michigan State gets that luck. I know a lot of people want to argue with me when it comes to bad weather, but bad weather does not affect teams the same. Yes, they both have to play in it. I understand that, but it does not affect teams the same. After that MSU win, we then have. We get paid a visit by Penn State, who was number fourteen at the time. Again, it was supposed to be a really good game. Everyone thought it was going to be the game of the season. Uh, besides the eventual Ohio State game, but we just roll Penn State forty-two to seven. Another great game. Another just our defense was on full display, and I was pretty impressed. We watched that here at the M Factor Studios. Uh, we watch most of these games at the M Factor Studios, but so. They roll off 10 straight wins and then head into Columbus as the favorite. Actually, at Columbus being the favorite, that is very, very rare. And of course, get embarrassed 62 to 39. And to be honest, folks, any of you that watch the game knows that it really wasn't even that close. There's, I mean, we pretty much got a mop up like 39 points. They could have scored 80, and they could have held us to. 14 if they wanted to so it wasn't even close it was an embarrassment it was just a total letdown because of all the hype we win that game we're in the big 10 championship facing northwestern who we had already beat the in earlier that season or earlier in the season and basically uh, just all hopes go down the drain uh the we we then end the season at the peach bowl which no one really cared we get embarrassed again by uh, not again but we get embarrassed by florida to be honest, it looked like we didn't even want to be there because honestly, no one affiliated with Michigan football wanted to be there. And it felt the season was over after that embarrassment at OSU. So it was it was a very, very disappointing end to the season. So a ten and three season, and of course, us Michigan fans with our insanely high expectations feel like another failed season. But three out of four double digit win seasons for Harbaugh is not that bad. Still a still a great still a great season minus that complete meltdown against Ohio State but I just want to remind everyone that that was in our rearview mirror heading into this season because as a Michigan fan and as most Michigan fans we obviously have I'm not going to say maybe high expectations but certain expectations may be a better word for it because one we got to start beating our rivals Harbaugh has to start beating Notre Dame Michigan State and Ohio State. Now I know Harbaugh is 2 and 2 against Michigan State, but that is not a very good record. I, honestly, we could be 3 and 1 minus a, a absolute crazy play, the old punt there in uh, Harbaugh's second se- or uh, first season. So he could be easily 3 and 1 against MSU, but let's face it, MSU has been down the last couple years. We should be honestly 4 and 0 against them in my opinion. We've had the better team every year and we just kind of screwed the pooch on two of those games. But Notre Dame we haven't beat and OSU Harbaugh has not beat. So you got to win those those rivalry games. I don't think anyone really argue with me on that one. Second, let's win your bowl games. It doesn't matter. I know a lot of kids are sitting out nowadays and I don't really I don't really have a issue with that, but still the other teams kids, their studs are sitting out as well. If it's not a big bowl game, if it's not say the Rose Bowl or a playoff game, a lot of these kids are sitting out. I don't have a problem with it. I really don't. Third is make a Big Ten championship game. I'm going to mention later on the expectations for this season, and I think that is on everyone's mind, the fact that Michigan State, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Iowa, you know, these teams have all made a Big Ten championship game. Where is Michigan? You know, probably the second-best team, the easily the most historic team in the Big Ten, uh, maybe behind Ohio State, but they kind of flip-flop, you know, throughout history. Where has Michigan been in the Big Ten championship game? That is something that we will go over a little later. So, after last season, let's go over a few offseason events that I feel play a major factor this season. First and foremost was the hire of Josh Gaddis, hired from Alabama as the offensive coordinator. Really a run-and-gun, more modern-style type offensive game plan. Spread it out, throw, give the quarterback some uh, some leeway on the offense, I think this is a very, very good fit for Shea Patterson, and honestly, it's a really good fit for the next two on the depth chart in McCaffrey and and Joe Milton. Patterson has been just loving it. I, you know, reading on Twitter, you know, he's kind of secretive, but the spring game and practice, I've been hearing that he has been looking really, really taking charge of the offense, and that's what we're going to need from him this year. Because I'm not going to say last year he took it took him a few games, but he got. He got that offense rocking and rolling, but it just was not the offense that we needed. Let's not forget how awesome he was, again, at faking those fake handoffs and faking out the cameraman, faked us out, faked the fans out most of the time, definitely faked the defense out. Sometimes you wouldn't even know he had the ball and he'd roll around the corner and he's got decent speed. Maybe not as fast as McCaffrey or uh, Milton, but uh, McCaffrey has that deceptive speed and Shea Patterson's more of a, you know, he's a little shorter than McCaffrey, so he doesn't have those long strides. Uh, Harbaugh said he'll be giving complete control of the offense to Gaddis. I think that is fantastic. I think that is the right move. Remember, on the part infar- the pardon me the m factor podcast last year after the osu game i emphasized the word adaptation adapt 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 we have to adapt to the modern style of play that is what urban meyer was so good at with ohio state that is honestly why they beat us every year with urban meyer this is what harbaugh is finally doing i feel he was kind of set in his ways you know he was doing the old bow style offense to where you just kind of run it down there you know you kind of open it up but run it down their guts run it up the middle, run it up the middle, off-tackle, 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 pull that fake with Shea Patterson. And Shea Patterson's a good passer, so let's not forget that. I think this year will be a much, much more open offensive game plan uh, with Josh Gaddis. so I'm very, very excited. So that's the first – major, major event that happened in the offseason. Second major positive was that Michigan did not lose any of their key young guys to the the transfer portal, especially the two QBs behind Patterson because both McCaffrey and Milton could start really anywhere else in the Big Ten except for maybe Ohio State. Since they got fields in the transfer portal. But this is a major, major thing. Harbaugh positioning himself nicely to not have to start a true freshman for the next five to seven years. Like I mentioned last year, they're kind of getting into this form where you have like Shea Patterson starting as a junior. Okay. You redshirt McCaffrey, he gets to play a, a few snaps as a sophomore and as a redshirt freshman get in there boom he's a junior with a lot of experience and a lot of talent you know you can as Harbaugh you can just guarantee McCaffrey you're gonna start next year you're gonna start you are right there if he doesn't start a few games this year I'm not really sure on that I'm I know they all have been showing really good potential when it comes to Patterson McCaffrey and Milton but obviously Patterson is number one on the on the depth chart Uh, Joe Milton same thing he gets redshirted last year guess what as soon as McCaffrey graduates Milton's gonna be right there as a junior with a lot of snaps under his belt and he will be able to start as a junior and play another two years now they got that Cade McNamara as a true freshman I assume they redshirt him and guess what he will be a junior when Milton graduates so as long as Harbaugh keeps preaching to these guys that hey, give it two years, guys. It's a great, great system, and especially with Geddes as the offensive coordinator now, maybe they maybe they attract even more solid quarterbacks. Uh, they they always have good recruiting quarterbacks, but maybe they keep these guys there. Hopefully, they do. Uh, I'm sure McCaffrey will stay, but and if he can guarantee that Milton, hey, look what we did with Shea Patterson. Look what we did with McCaffrey. Milton will definitely stay as well and I can't wait to see that gun because boy that that one throw against Ohio State last year was pretty impressive so that was second third and it pains me to say it is the retirement of Urban Meyer I don't want it as a as a as a you know just kind of a gimme i don't want it i don't want to say that is because it's definitely not a gimme i'm not saying that the osu game is going to be a pushover this year because it's definitely not osu is ranked ahead of us by most they are picked to win the big 10 and make the playoffs this year they got a chip on their shoulder on being snubbed last year but coach day did an amazing job the replacement for urban meyer for those of you who don't know did an amazing job for filling in uh, for Coach Meyer in the first four games last year. So it's not like he's a rookie, and they, honestly, his offense looked – I mean, I know it was against weaker teams, but his offense, I feel, looked much better than even Urban Meyer's offense. So uh, Meyer simply owned Harbaugh, though, over the over the four years, and he just had a better game plan, better adjustments, and like I mentioned before, just better adapted to what college football is turning into. Harbaugh has not. We will see this year, Hopefully, hopefully – that is the game plan for hardball this year so luckily we do get coach day and osu at home this year and to be honest we got to win that this year i'll get into that a little later in the episode Uh, so let's move on i I feel those three things were the most influential uh influential events that occurred the in the past offseason but let's rock and roll and go over the depth chart Uh, That is most likely for this Saturday's game. That's right. The Michigan Wolverines will be taking on Middle Tennessee State this Saturday. We'll get into the predictions for that a little later. But let's meet your starting lineups or projected starting lineups anyway for the offense and defense. First off, I'd like to go over the M factor for the offense is by far the QB position and the experience. It is projected that they will start 10 upperclassmen to start the season. Actually, it could have been 11 without a recent injury. So that is amazing. Andy Stuber tore his Achilles, or uh, pardon me, his ACL. He will be out all year, so that's a big loss. So they will have to start Jalen Mayfield, freshman. Uh, he is projected to start, and they'll probably be switching out a few guys here and there in the right tackle, right guard positions. But let's go over running back. It's still kind of up in the air, but uh, True Wilson is the front runner at the current time. Uh, Turner and uh, freshman Charbonnet has been seeing a lot on the field as well, which is really good. I'm sure they'll kind of do a running back by committee this year. It won't be like a one-man show kind of like it was last year with Higdon, uh, the workhorse Higdon. Uh, we're going to miss him, but True Wilson stepped up decently last year. And, you know, Turner actually had a really, really good bowl game, so that'll be interesting to see. Wide receiver, we're looking pretty solid. Donovan Peoples-Jones, a junior. Nico Collins, a junior. And Tariq Black, don't sleep on him. He'll probably be the most, the most improved player this year, in, in my mind. Uh, tight end, Sean McKeon, a senior. Eubanks, a junior. Uh, McKeon really needs to bounce back because last year, if you guys remember, against Ohio State had a couple key drops uh, You know that could, I'm not going to say keep us in the game because we were just outmanned on defense. Watson basically got torched all game long with those underneath routes. So I'm not going to say that it it definitely would have changed the outcome of the game, but it definitely would have kept our momentum going in that first quarter when McKeon had a couple of key drops. So let's meet the offensive line. Oh, Left tackle, we got John Runyon's back, junior, Ben Bredesen, uh, a repeat captain, by the way. He's a senior, Senior Ruiz, or, uh, Cesar Ruez at center. He's a junior, right guard Mike Anuenu. He's a senior. And then, of course, as I mentioned, right tackle Jalen Mayfield looks like he'll be starting this Saturday. He's a freshman, taking over for Andy Stuber. And then at quarterback is the senior, Shea Patterson. Dylan McCaffrey, the sophomore, and Joe Milton, uh, obviously the redshirt freshman, uh, these guys will see a lot of playing time, but Shea Patterson is, is clear and cut, I feel, the, the going to be the starter. He has been named the number one on the depth chart, so I have no doubt that uh, he'll be starting, and rightfully so. He deserves it. Well, let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. This is where th- this will be the make or break of the Wolverines this year as they will be young, which is very unfamiliar territory for Don, uh, Don Brown defense, but if there's a guy that can handle it, it is certainly Don Brown. What an intense guy. Uh, hopefully you guys have watched the Amazon or the uh, the special on Amazon about the the Wolverines. It was pretty intense. We lost Rashawn Gary, Chase Winovich, and Devin Bush. All those guys look like they're doing pretty well in the preseason. So pretty pretty, especially Devin Bush. He's been killing it at Pittsburgh or in Pittsburgh. So that's those are those are three huge losses, huge huge losses. Uh, but like I said, if there's anyone that can step up it's Don Brown and, and get the guys to play up to their potential the M factor for the defense is of course how quickly these young guys can adapt especially the front four and the secondary will will be solid but that's a little uh, cause for concern as well uh, the certainly the leaders on defense will be the the linebackers again followed by the DBs and then that young young defensive line uh you know the linebackers The linebackers will definitely be the leader of the group, but let's roll with the the defensive end, Aiden Hutchinson. He's a sophomore, Carlo Kemp. Also named a captain, Donovan Jeter, who's a sophomore at defensive tackle. The other defense man, Mike Donis, he's a senior. Other guys that will certainly see playing time, obviously Quiddy Pay at D end, Ben Mason at defense end, Maisie Smith and Mike Duamophor at defensive tackle. Those guys, again, those guys will see a lot of playing time. But we're kind of just going over the depth chart right now. This is the most uncertain group of the team in my opinion is the the defensive line so let's see those guys we really got to see how these guys adapt and adjust the first two games of the season and then once we hit wisconsin uh, big 10 play it's it's no holds barred there they got to they got to step up at outside linebacker we got Josh shea at senior middle linebackers josh ross jr kalik hudson a senior devin gill at out the other outside linebackers junior uh, solid solid linebacking core right there uh, a lot of speed still at corners, we got LaVert Hill, senior, and he'll be the leader of the, the secondary for sure. A great year. Last year, cornerback Vincent Gray as a junior. And then the two safeties, Brad Hawkins, junior. And more than likely, Daxon Hill, the freshman, the five-star freshman. The big recruit that we flipped from Alabama last year late, late in the recruiting. Uh, it was It kind of really, really, really hyped us up. In terms of the recruiting so that's fantastic again this defense is going to be i'm going to say they're going to be good of course i mean you can't be ranked number seven in the country and have just the worst defense of all time uh, ask any big 12 team except for oklahoma because they actually normally have a good defense The captains for the team are Bed Bredesen. Again, he's a repeat captain. Khaliq Hudson and Carlo Kemp, as I mentioned. Again, these are voted on by the players. These are not not coach appointed. These are not obviously voted on by the fans. These are guys that are seniors. Uh, They've been there for four years. Uh, I don't disagree with any of these picks. Again, these are guys that have been there. They've been through the fight. They've been with Harbaugh pretty much since the start. And these guys deserve it. Obviously, Bredesen was the captain last year. He returns for his senior season, which is awesome because he'll be the anchor of that offensive line. And then you got Khalid Hudson and Carlo Kemp. Hudson, obviously the the viper, he'll be the the leader of the kind of the the, the secondary and the linebacking core. And then you got Carlo Kemp, who's kind of very very boisterous. And uh, I think these are great picks. So I got no problems with with these. A lot of people ask, well, how come Shea Patterson isn't the captain then? Because I'm so high, I get accused of being so high on Shea Patterson. Well, folks, he's not really a Michigan man. You know, you really want a Michigan man that has been there all four years. Shea Patterson. It's only a second season in Ann Arbor. Don't get me wrong. I would love to see him. Obviously, he's a leader. He's he's a quarterback. He'll be the leader on the field. You got to follow your QB. Based on his interviews, based on what he said, based on what his teammates feel about him, you you almost I almost enjoy or like the fact that the quarterback is not the captain because he's got a lot of stuff to focus on before the game, a lot of studying to do, a lot of reading defenses. Let's have him focus on that and not leading the team. Once he gets out on the field, you know you know who these guys are are uh, are following. So uh, Shea Patterson not being a captain doesn't really have a major major. not a major downfall i I don't feel that the quarterback has to be a captain uh, especially at the collegiate level especially at the d1 level so i I feel i feel that our our captain choices were, were just solid that is our projected starting lineup or our depth chart if you want to say that for middle tennessee state this saturday that's who i expect to be on the field on the first snap on offense and defense obviously Uh, special teams you'll have a bunch of people peppered in there and we will see i'm pretty our 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 special teams should be just fine let's move on to the schedule so the schedule one of the tougher schedules in college football uh, but luckily most of the major uh, tough games are at home this year we get the the msc we get uh, michigan state ohio state And Notre Dame at home this year instead of you know all three of those away I I really don't like that schedule I hate the fact that that we we scheduled the Notre Dame a a non-conference game away when we have both Michigan State and Ohio State away I'm not sure what the what the athletic department was thinking there but you got to win the games regardless that right you you can't whine about where the games are played you got to go in there and win the games first and foremost so let's rock and roll on august 31st again that's this saturday middle tennessee state that is a night game i do like the fact that they're they're rocking a night game for the opening the opener also because it's a it's against you know kind of a weaker team so i really really like the fact that it's a night game i think the crowd will be rocking regardless but the it'll just make it even that much more intense being the opener and it's at night, so give those give the kids a, a long time to tailgate. There should be some adult beverages being drank before the game, as usual. The golf course, Ann Arbor Pioneer. If you're heading over there, make sure to rock out. Uh, but as always, be safe. We'll follow that up on September 7th. That's against Army. Now a lot of people feel this is uh this will be a surprise, tough game. That is no joke, folks. Luckily, it is in Ann Arbor, but Army is is pulled some great great or very very good teams very competitive teams the last decade so watch out for that army game of course i still think we win Uh, i still think we cover the spread but i'm not sure exactly what the spread will be that's kind of up in the air so that's why i think a lot of people are basically saying hey that one that one's one to watch out for that's no that's no gimme so 9 14 or september 14th is a bye week there's two buys this year for for michigan i don't really like that that means two weekends folks of no michigan football That's terrible. I don't like it. Come on. Come on, Big Ten. You're better than that. Come back. Maybe it's a good thing that we have a bye because we come right back September 21st, and that is at number 18, Wisconsin. Big game away at Camp Randall, and Wisconsin will obviously be looking for revenge after that embarrassment in Ann Arbor last year, and that's a tough place to play. It always has been for Michigan, one of the more difficult – Uh, places to play for any team really they'll have house of pain jump around going on i'm sure the start of the what is that start of the third or the fourth quarter one of the two Uh, i guess the whole town of madison is just rocking you can actually feel it feels like an earthquake there so that'll be interesting and i watch out that that's one of my trap games and it is the opener of the big 10 of course it's a west team and of course it's against a very good team Uh, michigan always seems to schedule these these big these big games early on but we come right back September 28th. That's against Rutgers at home. That should be a no-brainer win. I uh, don't see us faltering on that one. 10-5, October 5th, is number 20, Iowa. Now this, to me, is is the trap game of the season. It is homecoming for the Maize and Blue, and Iowa has always gives us trouble. Who can forget a couple years ago with Wilton Spate? They pretty much ruined our chances of making the Big Ten championship game, regardless of the Ohio State game, uh, Wilton Spate got injured that game, and that basically just took the wind out of our sail for the whole season. And a lot of people don't know this, but we are 1-5 in five in our last six games against Iowa. So watch out for that one, folks. October 12th, we go to Illinois, go to Champaign. Eh, this one's not going to be even close, in my opinion. Michigan handles that one rather easily. Another big one, October 19th. At number 16, Penn State. This is a statement game really to see how good we are on the road because, you know, that at-Wisconsin game is a tough one, but it's still early on in the season. By October 19th, we should have all cylinders firing. And, you know, to be honest with you, I never really have any worries against Penn State. A lot of people call me crazy on this one. Minus the Saquon Barkley, we kind of have owned Penn State at Penn State even when we were – except, pardon me, except when we were – just terrible with Richard and Brady but with you know I always see us go into Penn State and I never really have any worries which is really weird because Penn State obviously fields some very very good teams so I don't see this one as being a I, I'm not worried at this game it, it's gonna be a close one obviously but I see us coming out on top but it is a statement game it, we really need to see how good we are at Penn State and on the road because the following week we have, that'll be October 26th, that's number 8 Notre Dame. This is a revenge game, it is at home luckily. Hopefully it's under the lights, it might be a little too late in October for it, but I'm really looking forward to that one. Notre Dame, number 8, hopefully we get some redemption or some revenge against uh, on them from last year's opener, uh, opening loss in South Bend. November 2nd, we got Maryland at home. I don't see this one being a big problem that we win that one handily. October 9th is our second bye. I don't like that bye, but it does come at a good time because the last three games are pretty tough. November 16th number 18 MSU and that should be a beat down we should absolutely destroy MSU I say that every year but I honestly think we should every year Uh, it is a rivalry game so they say but in my opinion yeah that should be a beat down this year I do not have any faith in MSU I'll get to the rival annoyance a little later but of course it's again or it's it's about MSU uh this the only reason i would be worried about this one is because this may be the year sparty surprises us it always seems that sparty does terrible in a year in a season then comes back and wins the big 10 does terrible the next year comes back and wins the big 10 when everyone counts them out maybe that's their plan you know every other year i don't know i don't know what they got going on up there in east lansing and to be honest with you i really don't care so November twenty third, we got at Indiana. Now Indiana is an odd one because this is always a tough game. We got twenty three straight wins against them, but they always seem to expose us. Last year, especially, they exposed us on that underneath route, which Urban Meyer took, put right in his playbook, and literally just ran it down our throats. That little underneath route, right across the middle, uh, they just have far better. They had far better athletes, and we just could not cover them. And Indiana kind of exposed it. Spo- exposed us to that. So this is definitely a tough game. It always is. We always seem to come out on top, but like I said, it's it's still a very tough game. Every year it seems like there remember the overtime game where it was what was it? we scored both scored like 70 points, like six overtimes or whatever with uh Devin Gardner. Yeah. So the year the year we lost to Iowa with Wilton Spate, the snow bowl, that was a tough game. So let's face it, Indiana's no slouch, and a little props to my buddy K-Fed on that one. Uh, He's an Indiana alum. So then follows that up Thanksgiving weekend, Thanksgiving a little late this year, November 30th, number six, Ohio State set up for a great game again because hopefully we will both be undefeated going into that game, and it's always a must win. It is a must win, and it would be a must win to head into the Big Ten championship game and hopefully a playoff spot. This is the big one, folks. This is a big year. We gotta beat Ohio State this year. It's it's just a must for Harbaugh. I'm not gonna say he gets fired or we run him out of town if we lose to Ohio State again. If we make the Big Ten championship again, we'll get into or I'll get into my expectations of the season here in a little bit. But I would like to move on to this week. That's right, folks, the return of the rival annoyance. <laughs> So already the Sparty fans are chirping in my ears, screaming about how relevant they are in college football. Let it go, folks. Maybe because they actually beat us in basketball this last season. Uh, Lottie frickin' Dow, Way to go, guys. I thought you guys were a basketball school anyway, so that's what you're supposed to do. But, oh, P.S., I love the fact that they continue to schedule this stupid Friday night game, so they might actually get some – Some TV coverage, but that was one of my rival annoyances last year, so I can't keep repeating them. That's why they're an annoyance, because they keep repeating the most stupid, stupid things. The real annoyance is the constant chirping that Michigan fans are so delusional every year and that Harbaugh has done nothing to help the program. At this point, almost every beat writer for MSU has predicted a 10-2 season. Are you kidding me? 10-2 for MSU. Let's take a look at my losses for Michigan State this year. And honestly, I think most of you would agree with me, based especially based on how they played last season and the work you with that god-awful haircut. So let's see. They got September 21st. That's at Northwestern. They lost to Northwestern. Northwestern is always underrated. They lost to Northwestern this last year at home. They look terrible. October 5th, that's at Ohio State. Oh, good luck there, Sparty. The Buckeyes are just going to roll over you. And to be honest with you, I hope they do because I can't take this 10-2 talk. It's just ridiculous. October 12th at Wisconsin. Yeah, good luck there again. Wisconsin, tough place to play. Not a chance, guys. October 26th, oh, you actually have a home game, but it's against Penn State. Way to go. Yeah, there's four losses right there. The four easy losses. We're not even counting some of the ones that are going to be down to the wire and you could lose based on your stupid quarterback play. And then November 16th, oh, at Michigan. Yeah, you're on crack if you think you're winning that game, Sparty. I get it. It might be one of those surprise years for Sparty, but not with Lewerke at QB. I can't wait to see Lewerke's hairstyle this year. Just solid work, bro. If you ever hear this podcast, just get a haircut, man. The, the comb over uh, the dude from the fifth element just the, the look like the dude from the fifth element the bad guy I forget his name but that's just not working there's a bunch of memes of him out last year it was hilarious it looks spot on so my gut tells me 7 and 5 roughly for Sparty this year they might pull out one of those wins but goodness what a what a tough that's a tough schedule I'll give them that it's it's a, it's a damn tough schedule for Sparty this year so I'll give you that but still why do all your beat writers say 10 and 2 that's your prediction yeah i go to vegas i'm gonna bet the under on that one folks that's a pretty solid bet so that's this week's rival annoyance Oh, I'm still a little frustrated about that 10-2 and two talk. Give me a break. Come on, Sparty. Let's get into some positive notes. Let's go to the Michigan football season expectations from the M Factor. First and foremost, the QB situation. Shea Patterson, in my opinion, has a breakout year. I think he'll be the number one quarterback in the Big Ten. I don't think Fields will be for Ohio State. I think he just has he, – he, Kind of needs to play a couple games to get used to that system. I think they kind of run the ball a lot first. Uh, Field just isn't that type of quarterback, and it, he has a transfer, and it'll take a little bit for him to get used to the offense, much like it did Shea Patterson last year for Michigan. Dylan McCaffrey will see a lot of playing time, trust me. And, and I think Joe Milton will as well. He actually trained with the Navy Seals this this offseason, and I heard he came back and was just a, just a much better leader, kind of owning it during practice. But don't get me wrong, I think Dylan McCaffrey is a great quarterback. He's just not as good as Shea Patterson. He came in last year, had a couple of good runs, a couple of good throws, but let's face it, as a second-string quarterback, you should know that the pressure is not on you. You can come out and the only thing that stands out are the positive. It's funny, for a starting quarterback, the only thing that stands out are the negatives, right? You're supposed to do all the positive things. You're supposed to do all the good things. You're supposed to to have all the stats, but what you're not supposed to do is have a bunch of negatives. So that's what stands out for a first-string quarterback or a starting quarterback as a second string quarterback guess what the only thing that stands out are the positive things that you have done because you're not expected to do those things don't get me wrong like I said Dylan McCaffrey is a major is a very very good player he'll be a great quarterback he just needs another year under his belt of experience and he will be fantastic next year as a junior he'll start as a junior. Hopefully he stays as a senior. And then we got Joe Milton coming up right behind him. Cade McNamara probably right behind him unless we get some stud five-star recruit this coming season. The offense with Gaddis much more exciting, plain and simple. I can't wait to see Shea Patterson under this Gaddis offense. I think it's to be fantastic. I love the fact that Harbaugh... Just released the offense to Gattis and is kind of staying out of it. I'm sure Harbaugh will still have a little bit of say, but not as much as he has in the uh, the past year, the past years. Next is stay healthy on defense. They are not as deep as they normally are on defense. Uh, still still decent depth, but not like we are used to for, for a Michigan defense. So they really have to stay healthy and really stay healthy on offense too. It's, that's the game of football, right? If you can stay healthy, if all your key players can stay healthy, then you're looking good. It's a very, very favorable schedule. Uh, the tough games away are at Wisconsin and at Penn State, as I mentioned earlier. But it's a very favorable schedule. We got those two buys actually kind of help us because it really comes uh, comes before two tough games. So it really gives us a nice little break in between to, to recuperate if we do get injured. So that's that's very good. Fifth. We must beat OSU, not for Harbaugh's sake, but just for the fans and the seniors on the squad. I was just getting sick of this OSU. It's not not even a rivalry anymore. It's also good for college football that this does become a rivalry again. Let's face it, it's good to have when these two teams are in the race for the national championship, especially when you only have basically Alabama and Clemson competing for the national championship every year, and they probably will do the same for the next You know, three, four years, as long as Trevor Lawrence is down there in Clemson. Dabo Sweeney is obviously doing a great job. And Alabama has been obviously right there for, what, the last decade, so uh, if not more. So it would be really good for college football as a whole to get another team in there. And I think Ohio State and Michigan could be that team. Georgia obviously is in that talk. Oklahoma, really I don't see anyone out of the Pac-12 yet but if michigan osu rivalry starts to heat up again hey it's tough to get it's tough to get those young five star recruits up up here to play in the midwest but once once both these teams osu has been relevant for a while but once michigan gets back in that uh, that national championship Uh, beating osu because they have to do that in order to make the playoffs but once they do that i think it's gonna be really good for college football it's just it's just good to have those two team two historic teams one of the most historic rivalries in all of sports Uh, we got to get back to that my success a successful season will be one beating osu and then making the big 10 championship game we have to do that this year i've talked about it on the a to g show with with g with garrett we have to make the Big Ten Championship game this year. I think this is more of a must than beating Ohio State. Now, obviously, making the Big Ten Championship game may mean that we have to beat Ohio State, and hopefully it does because that means it's just a huge game, right, like it was last year, and hopefully we step up to the plate in Ann Arbor this year. I will be very happy with a 10-3 and season with a win over Ohio State and a Big Ten Championship game appearance, you know, just an appearance, just to get in there. Obviously, I would love to win the game. But a 10-3 season, I'm not sure exactly who we lose to because, of course, I'm a Michigan fan. I have the expectation of winning every game. I know we could easily lose that game at Wisconsin. Like I said, I think that Iowa game is a trap game, and that Army game is going to be a tough game. I'm not going to say we're going to lose that Army game, but I definitely think it's a trap game. So we begin the journey this Saturday at 7.30 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. The Big House will be packed under the lights it's going to be fantastic and my prediction for Saturday's game is Michigan 56 to 10 over Middle Tennessee State again for for some of the for some of the underclassmen to get some solid playing time i'm sure and that and and i will be watching i'll be watching the game in denver so that'll be a little different but it'll still be just a fantastic time i can't wait for that for those of you heading to the game again make sure you be safe that is my prediction for this Saturday's game. I can't wait for the 2019 season to kick off. Fall is almost here. It kind of feels like fall in Michigan right now. So you kind of get that football smell in the air when you head out to work in the morning, don't you folks? I, I know I do. It's starting to get some dew on the windows. Who knows? Hopefully the uh, the trees will start turning here soon. It uh, just reminds you of fall, reminds you of college football, and it reminds me of Michigan football. I can't, There's nothing better than Ann Arbor in the fall. Uh, I just I can't wait for the season to start. So that will conclude episode one of The N Factor. Great episode, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Again, make sure you head on over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Subscribe to The N Factor. Leave us that good review and a five-star rating to help us in the rankings. And to be honest, make sure you tell all your friends, family, and any other Michigan fan about the podcast. Really appreciate the, the support from you guys and the support you guys gave me last year. Uh, that's what makes us all possible. Again, this is kind of more of a hobby of mine. I really appreciate all the comments, whether they be positive or negative. Let me know of anything that you guys want to hear on the show, because that's what it's all about. It's about you, the, the listeners. It's not about me. I just want to... Uh, portray my opinion uh, express my opinion on michigan football and michigan athletics and you guys allow me to do that and it's just fantastic so everyone have an amazing labor day weekend again if you're heading to the game be safe it is a late game so try to try to uh, sober up before you head on in have a great weekend guys i am adam amble and this is the m factor go blue